Welcome to the Mind Money Motion program, where we focus on worrying less about money by keeping our mind and body healthy. I am your host, Marie Burns, a certified financial planner, speaker, author, and founder of the education business called Mind Money Motion. My discussions on this podcast will help you improve your mind by maintaining a positive outlook and active brain, or your money by learning to use your financial tools wisely, or your motion by incorporating healthy diet and exercise habits, all so you can enjoy less worry and more life. I'm welcoming to the studio this morning as my guest, Mark Sloat, with the Sloat Group at Realty One Group in the Phoenix area. Mark is an advocate for his clients as a real estate agent. He's actually had 13 years of experience as a certified financial planner in the finance industry as a wealth manager, which has given him a great background as he works with clients on the real estate side of life to help them find the best solution for their unique situation. With the Realty One Group and the Sloat Group, they're a full-service boutique real estate firm located in Gilbert, selling on average about 50 homes per year working with about half buyers and half sellers. And really, again, because of Mark's background as a certified financial planner, he's very comfortable with and adapted to going uh, into a deep dive with clients, which is really part of their unique approach to discover what's most important to them and then tailor a plan to help achieve what it is they're looking for. So Mark Sloat of the Sloat Group at Realty One Group here with us this morning on the Mind Money Motion podcast, where today's topic is the money part. Money from the standpoint of financial decisions related to the housing market. I've asked Mark, uh, I think, to answer some questions that are on a lot of our minds lately with the pandemic that's going on. Uh, as far as how's that impacted the housing market, if you are in the market looking to sell or to buy or thinking about either of those, how has uh, the current situation changed life? So, Mark, I'm going to welcome you and, and throw the first question out there that everything seems to be COVID-19 related. So, <laughs> current pandemic uh, situation, where are you seeing that impacting the real estate market here in Arizona? Thanks, Maria. I appreciate the opportunity to be on your podcast. Excited to be here. Uh, so, initially when the pandemic started uh, about eight weeks ago, uh, we did notice a drop in demand and you know listing activity. Uh, folks were obviously distracted with bigger things, um, but it's important to know that we entered this uh, pandemic in a very low inventory environment. So uh, in Arizona, we have about 2.1 months worth of supply, and nationally, we're about 3.1 months worth of supply. So if no new listings hit the market, uh, for the next 2.1 months here, here, uh, sorry, here in Arizona, then we'd have nothing left to sell. Um, so we had a strong demand as well. The uh, demand has waned a little bit, but uh, again, it's it's still a very strong uh, seller's market. Uh, seeing you know listings under contract starting to increase, and uh, really seeing some some good activity with our with our active listings. Um, when you can I jump in and ask when okay. when you when you're talking about two months locally in Phoenix roughly for an inventory versus maybe closer to three months uh, nationally, what's the norm? Is that is that normal? I know you're saying that gives it a seller's market. Is that because you normally have 
four months or more? I mean, I have no idea. Personally, yes. Yeah, so personally, I'd like to see between four to six months of supply. Wow. Um, you know, heading into January, there we had probably eight to 10 buyers lined up looking for homes to purchase. And because that inventory was so low, they just weren't finding what they were looking for. And if we did find a home that, that checked all their boxes, you know, we were competing against four, six, sometimes eight offers on the home. So, you know, this has kind of provided a slight reset and, and cooling that off a little bit as well. Okay. I know that whole bit, bidding war is what sellers like to always hear, not buyers. <laughs> sellers <laughs> right. love to hear a bidding war. <laughs> Absolutely. So, yeah, I mean, it's, um, it's, it's also a different market compared to where we were back in, in 07 and 08. I mean, you and I were both on the front lines there. So there's some systematic problems with our financial system back then. Sure. Today, you know, people are, uh, homeowners have a lot more equity in their home. So we're not seeing a glut of supply. We did see an uptick uh, just using a very uh, small number, uh, I guess, locally here in Gilbert, Arizona. Uh, we had about 266 active listings across all price points in Gilbert back uh, middle of January. And then as of this morning, let me pull up that number here. We had about 428 active listings this morning on MLS. Um, so it did, the supply has improved slightly, but we're starting to see it stabilize um, right around 430 active listings locally. When you're talking to folks, is it a case where there's probably a lot of reasons for maybe people not putting their house on the market or pulling it back off the market. They don't want people coming through or they're uncertain about their job income situation. Mm -hmm. I would imagine all of that is playing into the, the slowing of, of what's maybe out there for inventory. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. It's definitely a concern and we have to be, have to have that heightened sensitivity. So for our sellers, uh, what I've actually noticed in the last, uh, I guess two months, it's actually accelerated the plan uh, for a few of my clients that actually wanted to list sooner uh, mm -hmm. to get their home on market. And of course, we're offering, you know, booties and gloves and masks if, if our sellers want sure. buyers to, to wear that, uh, you know, to protect um, all parties involved in the, in the transaction. Uh, for buyers, you know, it's um, interesting because we've had a couple that pump the brakes, but We've also had quite a few that, that came forward and saw this as an opportunity to really grab a home that they're looking for because again, we're starting to see a little bit of improvement in the available inventory. And uh, you know, as long as, as, as you know, as long as you're making the, the sound financial decision heading into it, it really is a moot point what values are two to four years down the road if, if that buyer is comfortable with their payment and uh, their employment status. Right, and all that is good to have for conversation up front. And I know that's just part of your, you know, tailoring the understanding of what's going on with, with the clients. So right. with the pandemic, then, you're, you already mentioned you're making things available you'd never thought you'd have to even think of, right? The booties and gloves, right. et cetera. How, how else are you seeing or feeling your business being changed with the pandemic? So uh, I guess another slight shift. So we were all in the fortunate position We've been doing virtual tours and video conferences with our clients um, since day one. So nothing really has changed there. Um, there's a lot of folks obviously that are moving in from out of town that want to take a peek at properties and, and we offer that service. So to pivot there was pretty easy for us. Um, for our sellers, we're offering more 
enhanced uh, marketing by way of, you know, matter, they call it Matterport photos, which if you ever see online, they're the, the virtual tour where you can click on the little beacons on the ground and it walks you through the house. Oh. We're also doing uh, some more video as well. And that gives prospective buyers a better sense of what the home looks like. And, you know, we, we want to really focus on serious buyers uh, because, again, it's the best interest of everybody's time and, and now uh, best in- interest of everybody's health as well. Okay. Yeah. And I'm sure they're, they're glad to hear that you're addressing that aspect as well as just selling the home or just helping them find a home is the health piece too. Right. Absolutely. And again, everybody's kind of processing the, the new norm a little bit different and it's just being sensitive to, you know, the, the clients and, and business partners that we're interacting with. Okay. Well, I don't, I, you can probably tell me how many years the, the other new trend that I'm aware of is probably not that new is the uh, offer pad uh, there's something like 72 hours now or something where th- those are the sellers that you don't have a real estate agent per se, and you don't have people traipsing in. You get an offer and a sale online virtually for your home. How's, right. how, how do you see that playing into the market situation right now? You know, I would say probably in the past, we had about seven to 10% of our clients that would buy homes sight unseen. Um, you know, personally, this is just my personal opinion. If I'm going to be buying a home that's going to be a forever home, or even if it's something I'm in for five to 10 years, I, I do want to get in and touch and feel and see, obviously with gloves on. <laughs> but um, yeah, so you raised a good point. Uh, one of the changes, we saw some really aggressive growth from iBuyers. So those are the open door, OfferPad. Uh, there's a few of them out there. Those would be the two. OfferPad is uh, local here in Gilbert and Open Doors based out of San Francisco. And then we saw Zillow starting to get into the mix as well. And, and what these companies will do is they'll uh, work directly with sellers uh, to purchase the home and then relist it for sale on the MLS. So usually when they initially started, they were making some uh, modifications to the property, new flooring, new interior paint, and, and cleaning it up a bit, mm-hmm. and then selling it ultimately for more than what they paid for it. Um, when the pandemic started and all the volatility kicked up, uh, the iBuyers, most of the iBuyers actually pulled back. They just uh, unfortunately canceled some of the contracts that they were in escrow with and stopped purchasing homes. And now we're actually starting to see within the next couple of weeks, some of these iBuyers are coming back to the table to resume operations and purchasing homes. Um, But yeah, I don't know that that's gonna have a huge effect in the short run on our business. Um, you know, we're, we're still working with, uh, you know, consumers as well, but yeah, I guess they had about 5% market share prior to all the volatility and, uh, took a bit of a breather, um, in the last, in the last month. But again, it looks like they're starting to fire up the, the buying machine and get back into business. So when that, when that started to happen, I wondered if there was, it's because it's a pricing situation where there's an option to be a little bit more profitable again, or now it seems like a lot of the marketing is, is really focused on, you don't have to have any showings. You don't have to have people bringing their germs into your house. You know, that's kind of the big reason. And yet I remember talking with you in the past, you, you definitely take a haircut on the sale price. Definitely. Yes. Um, And and they already run on pretty thin margins. And of course they're, they're funded from investors on wall street. So 
as soon as that volatility kicks up, the appetite for risk tends to retract. <laughs> so, you know, that, that was the initial reaction. But um, yeah, I, I mean, there, the other interesting fact too, or interesting point was um, Open Door, for example, uh, used to be able to drive down the street, you'd see a house, you, as an individual home buyer, you could just grab the app off your phone and have instant access to the property to, to view it on your own without the use of a real estate agent. Uh, now, in our new day and age, they actually have, um, they're requiring the agents schedule appointments online. And I think, that, you know, some of that might be to reduce potentially the, the casual buyers that are just, you know, strolling through homes. So definitely to, you know, enhance this, the safety aspect of, of viewings. Okay. So. Well, so our listeners may be sellers, they may be buyers. What, what, what are your conversations with your sellers like today or, or how are they any different than maybe they were, like you said, a couple of months ago? What should sure. sellers be thinking about? Yeah, I think a lot of it is providing as much information about where we are at this point in time. You know, nobody can predict the future. Um, we're still very much from what we're seeing in a seller's market. So, you know, talking with some of our sellers, making sure that we're not accepting offers below market value because I think that could uh, be a financial decision that they might regret down the road, leaving some equity on the table. And um, for buyers, I encourage all of our buyers, again, to make sure that the uh, mortgage that they're taking on, that obligation is gonna be a long-term commitment <laughs> and uh, that they're comfortable making that payment. Um, you know, personal story here, I, I think we've shared this, I've shared this with you before. Uh, I actually purchased my first home in July of 07 before I got into the real estate market, the very tippy top of where we were. And uh, that was also coincidentally this almost the exact same time that the credit markets were freezing. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I, the, the mortgage we took on was for, as first time home buyers, it was a stretch, right? It always feels a little bit uncomfortable with uh, as a first time buyer. And then within about two, two and a half years, we saw the, the value of our home plummet to 50% of what we paid for it. <laughs> which is kind of a, a kick, right? Kicking the gut. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> but, you know, we've stuck with it. We actually sold that home in uh, July of last year and ended up pulling roughly, you know, $45,000 in equity out of it. So it's definitely a long-term commitment. And that's the conversation I'm having with first-time buyers. And then, of course, if you've already been to that rodeo before and, and you've purchased homes in the past, uh, we just talk about where we are currently in the market and, uh, you know, there are some bright spots too, where, you know, the initial reaction, people were kind of drawing a, a comparison between what's happening in the stock market and what could happen in the real estate market. And according to the John Burns Consulting Group, roughly about 58% of homes in the U.S. have at least 60% equity and 42% of those homes, uh, or sorry, 42% of homes in the U.S. are completely mortgage free. So there's a lot of equity still built up in, in people's homes. And, uh, you know, we're not seeing a, a glut of inventory you know, back in 07 and 08. Uh, if I was carrying four or five homes uh, with no equity in it, you know, I would just let them go and turn the keys back to the bank. Personally, I wouldn't do that. <laughs> but that's obviously what was happening, creating a huge glut of inventory. And I, I think with this current pandemic, we saw, um, 
you know, again, inventory is, is low, demand still strong, but it's kind of moving in, in tandem. So, um, yeah, it's it's seems to be much different than than the financial crisis back in 08. Well, and that's always the fear, right? Is is if the market tanks, is the housing market going to tank along with it? And uh, you know, people are trying to time that, which we know there is no crystal ball to tell us that either. And then you throw in what interest rates are doing and the the recognition once again. I mean, we've already said for how long that we're at lifetime low interest rates, and now here we go even lower interest right. rates for mortgages. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and, and keep in mind too, I mean, we're fortunate in the real estate business because we were actually one of the first sectors to basically get a bailout. So uh, when the federal government started purchasing all the mortgage-backed securities, that was a direct response. I mean, they're, they're dusting off the playbook from, from 08 mm-hmm. and saying, okay, we need to act quickly to provide liquidity to the markets. And, uh, you know, as you know, the bond market went a little wonky there for a while and, mm-hmm. um, you know, it seems to see some stability returning and um, yeah, for, for buyers, I guess what one other aspect that's definitely changed uh, is I'm more interested than ever to learn more about what uh, a buyer's occupation is or line of work for, for my sellers, right? Because my goal is to protect my seller's best interest. And if we have offers coming in, mm-hmm. uh, I, I just want to know a little bit more. I, I Obviously, we see a pre-qualification form, which is terrific, but I want to know Beyond that, what line of work are they in? Are they? Is there a potential for them to be furloughed, um, or you know, ultimately laid off, which would be terrible? But um, yeah, that's that's just something that I we're doing to make sure we're protecting our our uh, sellers' time. Well, and that's just a wise conversation for both parties because, to me, it's it's hopefully one positive that comes out of this whole pandemic situation is just the whole idea of whether you're an individual, a couple, or a business that rainy day fund, that emergency fund is really important. And so it's just good financial, just like you're talking about making sure somebody who's buying a property is gonna be able to financially have the wherewithal to keep it moving forward, depending upon what their job or occupation is. So that's a really big picture conversation. Definitely, and for some of the folks out there who are again in that unfortunate position that may have been laid off, you know, there's been a lot of talk about the forbearance programs that are out there right now. And um, th- there's just not enough certainty around what that's going to look like. Uh, the forbearance programs, of course, would allow homeowners to skip, you know, three, four, five months worth of mortgage payments to kind of alleviate the financial stress there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's been talk, you know, that there might be a balloon payment due at the end of that four month period. And I don't know many folks that would be able to financially cover that type of commitment uh, if they do engage in the forbearance programs that are being offered. Uh, in addition, you know, the, uh, the talk is with these forbearance programs not being detrimental to uh, individuals credit. Uh, but I've talked to a few lenders that say, hey, you know, if you're looking to get a new mortgage within the next two to three years, and there was a, a gap of three or four months where you weren't making your mortgage payment, the underwriters will see that, and uh, that might actually be cause for denial with the with the new mortgage down the road. So, best thing to do is if you can do it, continue to make those payments, and uh, you know, speak to the right partners when if you're in a situation where you have to uh, go down that road with a forbearance program. Good, great, great things to keep in mind. So, I know you know we don't have crystal balls, but 
folks like to know when you're in the industry what you're not just seeing now, but thinking we might see uh, looking forward as far as the Arizona real estate market uh, later this year, how you think anything might change or not looking forward? Right, that's a good question. And ultimately, I'd like to see more balance you know, between buyers and sellers. We were looking at such a strong seller's market in January. Again, it was just a battle to try to get our buyers under contract. Um, so I'm, I'm hoping for the next uh, six to 18 months, we see a, a little bit more balance there. The, um, there's no doubt, obviously, as we progress further, that uh, the economy is in the process of softening and we're in that, that recession and, and nobody knows how long it's gonna last. Um, but for those reasons we discussed earlier, I think we're, you know, we're still in a, a good position that folks uh, aren't having to do fire sales to get rid of houses. And, uh, you know, I have a couple of clients uh, currently moving from Colorado and Illinois. And uh, the folks in Colorado, you know, just as an example, the price point of their home was 800000 Colorado is unique in the sense that back on April 11th, the governor shut down all showings. So they, they weren't allowed to have any in-person showings of, of listings. Wow. Unless there was already a purchase contract on the home. Um, here in Arizona, we didn't knock on wood. We didn't have that restriction. We were still able to show considered as an essential service. Um, but as soon as that, uh, that restriction in Colorado was lifted, um, our client's home went under contract within, I think, four to five days up in Colorado. So market's still moving there. In Illinois, we actually have two different clients that are relocating from Illinois to Arizona. And you know, one again had a property, actually uh, both of them have properties to sell. And uh, the one that did put the home on the market, it sold within the first, I think six days of being listed. And that price point of that home was in the, in the mid 200,000. So that's obviously a price point that's moving pretty quick. But, you know, nationally from our exposure, from what we're seeing, we're still seeing homes move and, and people need a place to live and they need to relocate. So we're again, knock on wood in a fortunate position. So let's talk about that price point a little bit. That's always interesting to see where's the edge, where's the, it really starts to slow down, you know, as far as how many days on the market over X amount of dollars versus the hot spot right now is between this and this price range. If you have any uh, insight on that, that's interesting. Sure. So affordable housing in that, you know, 150 to 250,000 range uh, is, is still really hot. Um, depending on what location you are, you know, Gilbert, you sure. could say here in Gilbert, Arizona, the, you know, the 300 to 400,000 range is still moving really quickly. Um, yeah, the luxury market, the towns like Paradise Valley and Scottsdale uh, took a bit of a hit with uh, equity portfolios dropping. And, you know, so that, that softened a little bit and you're talking probably above a million in that price point. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, each market's a little bit different, not only from price point, but also location. Sure. Right. Those pockets always have their own uniqueness. Mm -hmm. So as, as folks are wanting to learn more about what's happening with the housing market or to reach out to you to ask any questions, what's the best uh, place for them to find resources and or you, Mark? Definitely. I appreciate that opportunity, Marie. And it's important, too, that you know, whether or not somebody is looking to buy or sell currently or just wants some more information, uh, they can contact me. My phone number is 480-628-8691. Our website is slotgroup.com. That's S-L-O-A-T, 
group.com. And again, we're here to help whether or not you're in the market or not. So there's uh, each market's a little bit different, but a lot of the strategies and um, techniques we use are similar across markets. So I, I've even helped friends uh, interview agents that are relocating in, in other areas just so they can find a, a, a professional agent that, um, that knows the market and can, can protect the client's best interest, uh, even if they're moving you know, to different states which I don't know why you'd ever want to leave Arizona. It's beautiful here. <laughs> and on that note, I will thank you so much for your time. It was great to have you with us today talking about the housing market. And uh, we, we look forward to more conversations in the future. Thanks, Mark. Terrific. Thank you, Marie. Thanks for listening to this episode of Mind Money Motion, where we shared how to worry less about money by taking care of our mind and body. You can find this podcast, past episodes, and related tools and resources at mindmoneymotion.com or find us on Facebook. You can also check out this and other great podcasts at csuitenetwork.com. Please join us next time for Less Worry, More Life. I'm Marie Burns. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.